Hey, what's up, everybody? So tonight we have on Reese Marin. Um, if you don't know him or know of him, he's kind of been in the drifting scene for a while. He competed in U.S. Drift for a little bit. Um, from my understanding, he does work with the School of Drift now. Um, and he's also a spotter this year for Matt Kaufman. So we get into a little bit about... Uh, or mostly about spotting what, you know, what to do. I, I, I try to focus on someone who's never spotted before, you know, just so you can have, I know there's, I know there's drivers out there that don't kind of have like that support where, you know, you can have your friend who knows everything, all the in and outs about drifting, spotting for you. And sometimes it's just your mom who doesn't know a whole lot, or it's your girlfriend, it's your dad, whoever it is. And I just kind of wanted him on here to kind of give as many pointers as he can, what to do what not to do and uh i hope you guys enjoy the show thank you how you doing man i'm doing pretty good man how are you i'm not too bad uh it's friday and uh which is kind of nice to get the weekend off uh hey i wanted to ask you um i'm pretty sure like i saw you drifting when i was in california yeah unfortunately you did see me drifting for one of the very first times yeah, were you at? You were at the uh, Slide Factory or something like that. Yeah, the, I, I think we originally met when uh, I think you were there helping out uh, Don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was helping out Don that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't like officially meet, but I remember seeing you there. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Small world. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, bro. I'm doing good. Just happy to be out the West Coast for a while, man. How long are you out here? What's up? How long are you out here? Um, well, I came over for Seattle. I should be down here until next week, and then I got to go back to like New Hampshire to go do some instruction out there. Oh, nice! Is that what you uh, currently do? Is because I know you do like a yeah. lot of uh, like the school made, of drift stuff, right? Too. Yeah, like if I'm in the if I'm in the Pacific Northwest, I'll I I I only instruct at the school of drift, and uh, everywhere else in the country. I kind of get uh, contracted out for me to go do clinics, instruction, and stuff like that. So that's pretty much what I've been doing for like the last couple of years. And then this year, I decided to go on uh, be a spotter for Kaufman for the Pro Circuit. Oh, nice! And have you done that in the past, or is it just like your knowledge of drifting just they kind of hit you up about it? I mean, I I think I think it was a combination more so that um, me and Kaufman. Kaufman's homies and all of his media guys knew all of my media guys and we ended up just hanging out and we ended up just I actually went to a couple of Formula D events in the years past to hang out with uh, Kaufman just just chilling you know what I mean yeah and then this year it kind of turned into like hey man do you want to be a spotter and I was like I was a little bit reluctant just because like I really wasn't into doing the competition stuff or anything like that so I stopped doing that years and years ago but I really like Kaufman. I really like the vibes he gives off. So I said, you know what, dude, if it's for you, I would do it. You know, everybody thought that I would go spot for Chelsea, but like, I, I didn't really feel like doing that. But Kaufman was a different story. It was a whole different vibe. So I figured I'd do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, that's actually the reason I kind of wanted you to come on is just as a spotter. You think um, people who haven't, uh, or just who haven't really had the spotter experience, like, myself it's very very limited right um 
not only that, like I, I know what I'd be able to tell like another driver being a spotter, but I think it's, I, it's something I wanted it to be for like people who have a spotter. Like let's say it's their mom, it's their girlfriend or just someone who's not into drifting and doesn't understand the whole realm of things as much right. as, you know, someone who is into drifting and knows. And I just, I thought it would be like probably just for people to kind of have like a basis to go off of because the judges will always tell you, yeah, come ask us questions. But it's like, you know, how can they word the questions correctly or, you know, right? Not necessarily, you know, down to the exact terminology, but, you know, if someone's doing it brand new and they don't know a whole lot, like what could they do? Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, do you want me to just go off and tell you now or do you want to like officially start? Or? Oh, oh, we started, buddy. Oh, sick. All right, well, <laughs> good. Uh, well, I would have to say like, um, like let's, let's start off. Like, let's say if you have, like your girlfriend that's your spotter yeah you know what i mean my current situation and um <laughs> like I, I i totally understand that because like it could be financial it could just be you know a financial thing like look i can't afford to do anything else so like i need my girlfriend to help me out which is cool or it's like hey my girlfriend really wants to try to do this um and that's that's also cool you know what i mean so i, I think starting there it's um i think it's really going to be something where the driver and this and his girlfriend or partner decides to like really sit down and realize what these judges are asking for like for an example like in formula d i was blown away that when the judges say yeah we're going to be available between this time it's usually an hour like let's just say 1 30 to 2 30 like they're not going to come to you and say hey man this is what your guy needs to do they leave it completely up to the spotter to come to the judges and say, and, and yo, what do I need to do? And it's really simple because you go to any of the judges and, and again, I'm using formula D as an example. Um, they'll say, Hey, listen, can you look at my driver and tell me what they need to do wrong? Now, what does the, what does the spotter need to know before that conversation happens? They need to be crystal clear on what the judges were looking for in the driver's meeting. Because okay. in the driver's meeting, a lot of information goes out. They show you like the deceleration zones where you don't want to, um, you know, just deceleration where you don't want, you want to slow down. They show you what line, they show you everything. And all of that stuff needs to be understood by the spotter, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because this way you have a base, you have an understanding of what you're going to ask the spotter. I mean, excuse me, what you're going to ask the judges when you're ultimately using that time frame and say, hey, listen, like, this is what they're doing wrong. Like, you better know what the outer zone means, what an inner clip means. Like, and I feel like sometimes, like, that really isn't understood. It's sometimes it's just, like, a girlfriend or a homie or a friend that doesn't really understand what's really going on. And that makes it sometimes a little bit hard. Have I seen it work out? Yes. But that means that the spotter really has to take their job serious because ultimately the driver is the one that's spending all the money and it's putting himself out there or her out there and the driver let's say you're let's use you as an example like you can't see what you're doing out there you know what i mean like you're just out driving yeah we got the bird's eye view and we can directly see when you're messing up all the time but i feel like the spotter needs to understand when when that driver is messing up so it takes a lot of education you know like really looking at runs and really caring you know what i mean you can you can be lazy and get through with it but 
the if you're lazy and you don't really put in on it, like your driver's going to suffer. They're not going to understand things. You're going to start seeing bad habits start to form when they're out there practicing. And uh, like in Formula D, you only have 12 laps of practice before it's time to go. You know what I mean? So after your 12 laps are up, that's it. Yeah. Like you, you got to put up or shut up. You know what I mean? And like, so you really have to use those 12 laps efficiently um, to get a good result. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I can see that. But what my biggest probably concern is with um, like people who don't really understand it. Like it's easy to relay information. And what I have, like my girlfriend do, for instance, is record everything. Anytime I'm out there, if I make a mistake, don't stop recording. Record the whole run. Absolutely. Um, and then that kind of helps because you can kind of see, you know, for yourself what you're doing. Um, oh, absolutely. But I, th- I think definitely recording the the runs, understanding the runs. The spotter going to the driver and sitting down and saying, look, this is what the run looks like. This is what they're looking for. Um, I definitely like using the iPhone a lot. Like I use the iPhone 10 just because you can like replay and go back in slow motion. And it's really easy with, with the phones that we have nowadays to kind of break down. Oh, for hey, sure. Hey, man, look, this is where you're messing up. Clear as day. You can rewind it and play it a million and one times. And it's, it's very apparent that that's what they're doing there. You know what I mean? So I think using, you know recordings video recordings is is a crucial thing and it's a crucial thing because then the driver they may think that they're doing good and like it kind of humbles them because they realize like hey man maybe i'm not i'm not killing it as much as i can and um or as much as i should be and uh, i think that's a reality that a lot of drivers need to be okay with just sitting down looking at a run not getting upset i think that's also a big a big thing that has to do with the spotter like it's like for me when i'm with coffin like my job is to try to keep that dude as cool as a cucumber as cool as possible to feel relaxed i want him to always feel like he's informed on what's going on at the track at any given time and uh and who he's going to go against either in competition or if it's just practice you know what i mean yeah you know that's that's another thing i never really got too far into um is you know what to tell your driver to expect when they're going to go against somebody um, you know, do you tell them like, Hey, this person's super consistent. This person isn't consistent at all. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. Cause he does something different every time, you know? And that's, I, I think so, like in pro am, it's a little different, obviously with the pro, I could see someone being more consistent. Right. I mean, like, I think when it comes, whether it's pro or pro two or pro one or whatever, um, I think it's really like what I decide to do is I like to go out when practice starts because I want to see how all the drivers are going to be, how they're all driving. And I play very close attention to how they initiate. Like if they do like a Manji initiate or like one of those flick or switchback, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody has their different way of initiation, which is okay. But that's, that's a really important piece of information that needs to get relayed to the driver because knowing how that person usually initiates is going to allow you to better perform tandem or a follow run or a chase run when going against this person. So I think the spotter should definitely pay attention to how everybody is driving, where all the drivers are having trouble at, you know, it eventually it starts to stick out. I mean, I'm not saying you need to sit there and write every 
last single note. I mean, you can at first and then kind of like, you know, start bringing it down to, you know, start condensing it down to more important things. But I personally, like for the first, when they first go out there for practice, whether it's program, because I spotted for uh, one of the faction drivers in East Coast for program for a while. And that's all we did. As soon as practice went out, I just looked at all the drivers and then started seeing who was getting more comfortable and who was having issues. If I started seeing that some drivers were having car issues, I would definitely make a notation on that because that's something that could come back to bite you later. Let's say you're in, you're doing a practice run and the guy has been having car trouble this whole time, but you're not aware of that. And you chase this guy and you have no idea that he potentially may have some car issues. And then in the middle of the run, boom, something happens to his car and you slam into this guy. If, if it's a practice lap and your spotter tells you beforehand, Hey man, he is doing really consistent, but he has, he has been having some car issues where the car turns off or who knows what's wrong with the car, but something's wrong. You may want to give him some space just in case that car messes up. You don't slam into him, and now you're in a predicament where you have to fix your car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's something that I don't think really gets mentioned a lot. Like, people just try to go ham all the time. And I'm like, bro, like, you cannot do that. Like, you got to pay attention to what all the drivers are doing, who's having car issues, how everybody's initiating, and start taking key notes on, like, yo, this guy's progressively getting better, and then start focusing on those guys it starts getting a little bit easier when you like go through qualifying and then you have a bracket. Cause then you can focus on the guys that are in your bracket and kind of loosely look at the guys that are in the other side of the bracket. And then you can kind of like condense what type of notes you're going to be taking on specific drivers and hope that that's good. And then, and then relay that information to the driver. That's not going to be complicated. Uh, that's another way. Some drivers like everything. They like knowing what their tire pressure is before, after, Every driver is a little bit different. Kaufman, for instance, the only thing he ever asks me is like, how is this guy entering? How is he doing on the bank? Like, for instance, Seattle was on, a, on an embankment. He's like, how are they initiating? How are they doing on the bank? And how are they doing after the touch and go? Because those are like a couple of spots on the track where him as a driver, he feels comfortable attacking in tandem. So he wants to make sure that he's going to be able to pick those spots to make it happen. But he's not going to be able to know to do that unless I give him that information like, yo, this guy, you can dive in on him. Like he's confident. He's good. Go for it. Or if it's another guy that's having issues or hasn't been doing good, it's like, yo dude, he doesn't really stay up on the bank a lot. So you're going to have to give him some space because if you dive in too hard, you're going to like break check. He's going to stretch you. And then it's going to look like an error. So like, those are the type of things that like, I definitely recommend a lot of people that they need to kind of get used to, you know, really paying attention to all the other drivers, which for the most part on the pro circuit, I think a lot of people do kind of do that. They take notes on everybody. You know, as soon as somebody like has car trouble or their car breaks, there's a lot of spotters that are taking notes. I'm assuming it's based on what they just saw. So they can relay that information on the off chance that their driver is going to go up against them. They want to make sure they have as much information as possible, um, important information as possible that's going to help them on their run. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Specific, when you had said someone someone that's getting more comfortable and like progressing throughout the day, how do you kind of approach that one? Um, does someone ever like change the way they enter throughout the way as, as they get more comfortable, they get more aggressive? I know um, that there are some people like that. 
yeah, there is, there are definitely some people like that, and that's where again the spotter really has to pay attention. Like, yo, this guy was doing pretty bad in the beginning, but now he's doing really good. And then typically, so like, I, I, you have to kind of look at it like there's the qualifying run and there's going to be the tandem run, the tandem practice, and then the qualifying practices. I like to look at the qualifying practice because you get to kind of look at what everybody's going to be doing for their lead run. And I take notes on that. But then when you start seeing tandem practice and you start seeing people progressively get better, you you start telling your driver, hey, he's visually looking faster on the bank. He is climbing on the bank or whatever the initiation point is. Go faster. Go harder. And like he's that driver is not going to know that unless you tell them that again you have to give them the confidence and stuff like i'm not saying every driver is going to listen to you because i'm sure there's drivers that don't listen to their spotters but in a perfect world um i think that's how it usually goes down you, sh you just really have to be attentive about how the other drivers are performing give them the best piece of information so then they can take that information and say okay this is going to be the plan that i go with because once they have that confidence i believe that they perform a lot better right by having that knowledge and then for somebody because i know you're a driver as well so i, I do want to get your kind of i feel like you're already giving it to me as far as uh both uh, can't even think of the damn word uh perspective yes both perspectives as a driver and a and a spotter so is there anything that you've ever not received from a spotter that you were like why you know why aren't you telling me this like it's like like, why aren't you giving I'm, me this information? So when I was doing Pro-Am, I did U.S. Drift. And I luckily had an amazing spotter. Um, his name is TJ Borat and um, from the East Coast, from Philadelphia. And um, uh, amazing spotter. And I think the reason we never really had issues with that is because in New Jersey, in the Philadelphia Tri-State area in the East Coast, where Club Loose is from, we have so many any drivers pros pro-am and we have so much information that's given to us that we pretty much had like a plan to start with from the beginning so i never felt like i was lacking in the spotter department you know i mean never or or my team because they were very used to what they were doing because this is something we practice at club loose all the time you know what i mean like maybe not spotting but it's like yeah man i saw you out there like you know, I saw you did this, this, this wrong. You didn't fill out this outer zone. Like, I saw you were off on this line. You know what I mean? Like, we critique ourselves like that. We don't, it's not like, when I say critique, it's not like we're saying we're messing up. We're just saying, like, yo, maybe you, you can should improve. try this. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And I think, I think having that environment really helped us when we went into Pro-Am because TG was always informative. He always gave me everything I needed. So I, I would have to say I lucked out. I'm sure there's a lot of people that maybe have a rough time doing that. And if you are in a position where you're spending a lot of money and your spotter really isn't doing what you think he or she should be doing, if this is going to be something that, you know, like if the first year you do it, you're like, okay, I spent a couple grand, no big deal. But the second year you do it, you need to really sit down and realize the second year you might spend more money. And if you don't have all the components that you need in your team, you're just essentially throwing money out the window. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those things that it's, it's a hard thing to swallow because you want to make it happen. You want to make sure you have the right team. You want to make sure you invest your money in the right spot. But I've learned that sometimes your friends want the best for you, but they're not 
they're not the people that you need in your corner sometimes. Sometimes you need somebody who's not going to like take any shit from you as a driver and they're just going to be like, listen, man, this is what I need you to do. Do it. You they're know not going mean? to sugarcoat shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and you need that. You need a spotter. You need a team that's going to be able to kind of bring you down from whatever cloud you think you're at yeah. and kind of level you and humble you and say, yo, dude, like you're, you're messing up. Like, come on, man. Like, because essentially you may be spending the money, but a lot of these people that are helping you, like they're not getting paid to be there. So you're wasting their time if you don't put up, you know what I mean? If you don't do your part. So it's, it's definitely a team effort. Drifting, I don't think it's just one person. I think it's like, it, it's your team, it's your spotter, it's, it encompasses so many people together. Definitely. And, uh, I, th- I think that's something people really need to start paying attention to, and, for sure. And you know, have you ever had to deal with like someone who's like a sensitive kind of person? Uh, I mean... I feel like that could be a problem. Like, uh, I don't know how other people are, but I, I've heard like other people, like I have a friend, he's kind of sensitive. You tell him right. he's not like, hey, you made a mistake. He's like, oh, I did everything else good. Though. I'm like, okay, well, that's we're not worried about that. I'm telling you what you did wrong. Yeah, I mean, I don't really deal with that too much, just because, you know, it, for instance, if you were if on the East Coast, if you were to do that, we're not going to be nice about it. We're going to be like, yo, dude, like you're fucking up. Like you need to stop messing around. Like you messed up here, and you keep on messing up. Like, you need to fix this. If a driver is going to take offense to that, then I'm sorry, dude. This isn't the sport for you. Like, you need to be able to take judgment from your from your team. And you need to be able to process that and be okay with that. And realize that they're not just there just to be there. They're there because they want to win and want to see you win. And if you can't realize that, like, they're just trying to be honest and help you out and you're going to take offense to that and maybe get sensitive then you should really evaluate yourself and what you're doing, in my opinion. I mean, maybe other people have a different view on that, but, like, bro, there's no time for sensitivity when you're going over 80 miles an hour sideways, bro. Yeah, I agree with like you. Like, it's, it's, it's a real thing. You're, you're in this big metal piece of, of a cage going sideways, going door-to-door with people. There's no time to cupcake in that situation. It's like, yo, dude, like, this is for real. You could potentially get hurt. So yep. if you're going to be sensitive about this, I don't know, go go do bumper cars or something, dude. Like, this just isn't for you. You know what I mean? And I've had conversations with friends, not people that I don't know, but people that I feel comfortable with that have situations like that. And I'm like, dude, this isn't going to work out for you, bro. Like, if you're going to be all sensitive and you're all going to be all whining about this stuff, then you're not not even ready. What's 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 waiting for you later on down the line when and if you decide to get a pro license? You know what I mean? Like the amount of pressure and the amount of other things that come into play on top of just having a good spotter in a team. Like if, if you don't have tough skin and you don't have a cool head for that, like this is probably going to be really not the best thing for you or it's going to be very hard unless you have a lot of money. You can find like somebody that can run your whole program and you know, but I, I don't know anybody that can do that. Yeah, I can, I can see, I can see that. Um, you know, is there, is there probably, you know, any questions that, you know, or, you know, things what not to do as a spotter? It's a better question. Um, you know, don't be lazy. Don't don't just go up there and, and, like, you have to realize that, you know, you have to take responsibility upon yourself and realize, like, yo, man, like, you're not just up there looking. You're not just up there watching the event. Like, you are a key component in this. So 
don't be so relaxed about your you know about your position if you see that your driver actually gives a damn about what he's doing and he's trying to do whatever he can even if he has the last five dollars and he's just trying to make it happen like put in all your effort really give a damn because like your driver probably only thinks about this when he wakes up when he goes to sleep this is and he's banking probably everything he has on making it happen and it would be a real shame that if the spotters like the weakling in the whole scenario you know what i mean it's like that's that would be such a shame so it's like i wouldn't don't don't be lazy don't take it for granted you know what i mean for for all you know drifters are getting better so quickly and so fast and at such a young age who's to say you're you aren't drifting with the next champion you know what i mean like i met kids that are 17 years old that could probably wreck me right now yeah you know what i'm saying and like they don't have the maturity and they don't have some of the experience in certain situations but when they're comfortable like they could murder me on the truck because they have that like i don't care mentality they're new whatever it is you know that, that like, invincible yes persona about them exactly and that's what that could be the missing link sometimes and that's that could be that extra oomph that you need to win so you know, I think every situation is going to be very different. I think depending the environment of your team, it's always going to be it's always going to be different. But I don't think the spotter's job ever changes. You have to you you are the eyes and ears of that driver. Anything that goes on, I walk through the pits to see if any any team is having issues, and I take note of that because that's still that's still very important information. So you can't just be lazy. It doesn't mean you have to be there like, you know, point Dexter with like a tab taking every single note down, but you know, be it, you know, keep your eyes and ears open and look around and make sure that, you know, you're getting down useful information. And, um, I have a really good buddy, uh, Nick Swan, who also spots, you okay. know what I mean? And, and he's, he spots for dirt, right? Yeah. He spots for dirt. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, me and him sometimes bounce information back from one another. It's like, so there's other spotters over there that are definitely down to kind of help you out. I mean, it's, you know, help you out in like if you miss something or if you want a different perspective or a different view on something like, hey, what do you think of this? Like, I think you're able to have those conversations. You know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I had like Nick that's always there and it's a good time to hang out with them and kind of bounce things back and forth. And uh, I think that's a whole little environment there that definitely helps to kind of be more of an, uh, an extrovert and really you know, get into these conversations to see what other people are doing. And I, I mean, I'm sure if dirt and Kaufman were to go against each other, it'd be nothing but gentlemen rules at that point, but it'd be fun. You know what I mean? Because you have two spotters that understand how they think you have two drivers that understand each other and then they just go at it. And I mean, what more could you want in drifting than just honesty and just straight up driving hard? Yeah. That puts on for a better show and better driving for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. I, I really, I really dislike when somebody wins a tandem battle on a technicality instead of straight up driving. It's that boring. Really, it's it, it irks my soul. There's nothing I could do about it. Um, I have no I have no say in any of that. But like I'm not a big fan of the technicality stuff. But you know I, when it comes down to there's a lot of money involved and stuff like that. You know that's just something that comes into play and you know. As a professional, as a professional team, you have to be able to adapt and, and say, look, this is what it is, and we got to take the best course of action from this point forward to try to get the best result in order to win. Yeah. 
Um, have you ever? What's like the biggest mistake you've seen made by somebody as a spotter that you know of or heard of? Um. So, I think one of the biggest mistakes is that I saw this year is there was a lot of disorganization in this one team that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And the spotter was not in the spotter's designated area to where we can relay information to this, to this spotter. And their driver was doing something blatantly, obviously wrong where we're like, where's this spotter? Like we, like, cause we would have told the spotter like, Hey, like tell your driver to stop doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know the dude, he's a homie of mine. You know what I mean? So I of course wanted him to get that information too. It's all love. It's all good. You know what I mean? Like, straight up it's all good but that spotter wasn't there and because that spotter wasn't there i believe that driver didn't qualify and it was because a stupid technicality i think that person maybe initiated incorrectly or they didn't initiate by when they should have and they didn't qualify so like i don't know if that's so much a spotter's problem or if that was or a spotter's like neglect or if it was more so like maybe there was stuff going on in the team pit and the spotter had to jump in there and help out. I don't know. But that just goes to show you if somebody would have been in the spotter section, when that important information from the judges would have been relayed, that driver possibly would have qualified because I know he can drive. I know he can do good. And I think if somebody would have gotten on the radio with him and been like, Hey man, this is what you need to do on this next run or you're not going to qualify. I think he would have succeeded. So I think you just need to be at the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, make, make sure your job when you're there is you're there for the driver. That, that is, that is your job. You are there for that driver, no matter what. So basically don't fuck off. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, treat it like it's a job, you know, don't fuck off. You know what I mean? My spotters never did that to me and I wouldn't want, I would never want to do that to one of my spotters. You know what I mean? Like, or, or to one of the drivers that I ever help out, you know, don't, don't fuck off. Like be there, man. Like, you know, you're. You're freaking 10 hours away from wherever you're at. Like, you want to make sure that uh, that you do it right. Oh, definitely. Um, do you ever happen? Do you ever have to deal with or know of anybody dealing with like a stubborn driver? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've never dealt with them. I know one or two guys have told me that they've dealt with them. I don't know how they handled that situation. Um. I, the only thing I could speak on stubborn drivers is that I've dealt with them like um, in drifting um, instruction situations. Um, I have a lot more time to talk to them than them to kind of calm them down. But in the heat of the moment, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like that happens like the morning, the soon as that drifting day starts, like your job is to try to get in to see where that driver's mindset is at, uh, mindset is at and try to help them from there and hope that they're not going to be a stubborn driver. I, I can't say that I have a lot of experience with that because everybody that I've ever dealt with has been very open-minded and willing to listen to what I was saying to. Uh, that could be a tribute to the fact that I have a lot of experience in doing a lot of this stuff. So that's why they're so willing to listen to me. Um, I can understand if somebody who's brand new to it, they probably don't get that much uh, recognition for what they say because of lack of experience. I can see that being an issue, but that's something that the driver and the spotter have to sit down and talk about. Yeah, I can see that too. Because um, you're like, oh, well, I know more than you, so you can't tell me I'm doing this wrong. Right. Okay. Right, absolutely. That makes sense. And, 
another thing it's like you know uh, yes i'm a driver but i do not i do not tell kaufman for example how he should be drifting i respect kaufman as a professional drifter so like when i say hey this is what i need you to do i don't feel like i need to be like yo you should clutch click you should do this I shouldn't be telling him techniques because I'm not the one in the driver's position. I have no seat time in his car, so therefore I don't have any no recognition to what he's dealing with inside of that passenger seat because that's a different car than I drive. So I make sure that I tell him, hey, man, the judges want you to do this. I always say this is what the judges are looking for, and this is what you're doing. So you're, I you're never pretty much just like reiterating. Reiterating, but I never tell any driver this is what you're doing wrong. Um, I, I always say, look, this is what the judges are saying, and this is what you're doing. Based off of what you're doing and what the judges are saying, there's an error here, and we need to fix that. So I think the delivery of how you say things can definitely greatly uh, affect, change the result of that for sure. Oh, for sure. Being snobby about it to certain people, they may not like it. Right. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, again, if somebody's going to be sensitive, like there's a line you have to draw and be like, listen, dude, stop being a crybaby. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? like, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Um, to that's, that's a lot of information. Shit, man. Uh, to get back into your <laughs> instructional stuff, I feel like some people can learn from that. What do you see a lot of drivers in pro-am mistake making their biggest mistake at? Oh, overbuilt cars. Oh, thanks. <laughs> over cars um over bill cars and, um, and and what you know in your opinion am I, am I, in your opinion so, what is an overbuilt car so what what i'm trying to say is i don't think if you're going to do program if you're spending north of like twelve thousand dollars like what the hell are you building you know what i'm saying like wait now is that on parts or are you building the car yourself? <laughs> no, on parts. On parts. I'm talking. I mean, if you're gonna, if you have to pay somebody to do this, I understand that. But for most, for the most part, I deal with drivers that they're doing it themselves. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like if you're spending more than twelve thousand dollars. All right, let's let's be nice. More than fifteen thousand dollars, which I still think is a lot. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, who? What are you building your car for? You know what I mean? Like, like why? Like, I, if you really. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just the internet that does that to people, and they see what other people do, and then they mimic it. Yeah. I, I mean, I to I totally get that, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like if if you have the money to do it, okay, fine, go do it. But if money is usually if money's going to be an issue, which for ninety five percent of drifters out there, it is an issue because it's a lot of money. Like, yo, stay in your lane. If you don't have the money then don't spend that money. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, you're going to go overbuild the car and then you're going to get sick of the car before you even get a chance to be good. Yeah. And then you're, then you're going to be like, you know, fuck drifting. And then you're going to meet people like me that are going to come build you. They're going to come buy your car for $2,000. Cause you're frustrated. <laughs> that's reality. That's facts. That's that stuff happens. You know what I mean? You know what? I've seen some people try to sell some stuff dirt cheap. Cause they're like, just over the car and yeah they're over it they're like i'm over this shit blah 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 blah, blah. i'm gonna go build a porsche or whatever and i'm like okay cool whatever i'll give you a thousand dollars dog right now yeah i haven't uh i haven't gave up yet but i but i did spend some money on building another couple cars yeah 
And I get it. I, I totally understand it. But after you do it a couple of times, I think you figure it out. And you're just like, all right, like maybe I should chill out and like build something a little bit more simple. That's not going to be such it's going to cost you money. Yeah. But you can spend it responsibly. You know, I think that's something you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to work on right now is um, just getting the car more reliable so I can get more solid seat time in it. Absolutely. And, bro, seat time is, is the most crucial thing. I'm learning that, you know, even if it's not a setup you're used to or you like, <clears throat> you getting more seat time in a setup that the car only has to offer will help you. Yeah, and and look, and also look at it this way, dude. If if you have a car that has a whole bunch of horsepower on it, and and you're just roasting tires like crazy, just to practice, this shit's gonna cost you like a thousand dollars plus whatever crazy E85 or whatever retarded like racing fool you're using, like, and you're not even a pro yet, mm-hmm. and you're already spending this money. You know what I mean? It's like, again, if you got the money to do it, whatever, dude, ball out. But I know that I know for a fact, bro, I travel to all these places and the majority of drifters like we're freaking broke, bro. Like we don't got money like that. So we have to be smart. Yeah. And I think I think there's enough people all around the United States that have figured out how to do this more efficiently and with less money. Or with the with the correct with the responsible amount of money and they've been able to get good results. But nobody wants to like nobody wants to listen to one another, dude, like. This isn't racing, at least not not to me. Like I don't think drifting is racing. Drifting is like skateboarding. We should all be helping one another to how to figure to do this out a little bit easier, a little bit cheaper, so more people can do it. Because if drifting was about drifting solo, I would not be doing it. For me, drifting is about drifting with all of my homies. And when it comes to and, and it's the same thing when you go to the pros, because when you're a professional driver, you're essentially drifting with all of your homies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People so it's you the came same, up with. same thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's really all the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, the internet kind of gives us way more information and turns drifting into a sitcom. And then we start caring about shit we shouldn't be caring about. What I don't really care about what goes on in whoever's personal life or who doesn't like you. I just want to see you guys shred. That's it. I don't care about what's going on in your life or what sponsor you got. Can you drift? Yeah. All right, cool. Let's see this shit. Like, that's what we're about. Yeah, I mean, if you're into that other stuff, that's cool. But like, I, I think we're all into it because driving's cool, drifting's cool, whether it's on the grassroots or on the pro level or the professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's all gravy. I think everybody can really enjoy this. You know, don't take it too seriously, but if you are going to take it serious, be responsible, and and you need to realize that this sport is beautiful because. It doesn't allow the person that has the most money to be the best driver. It just allows you to look like you're the best driver. That's what's beautiful about the sport. You can look like the best driver, but you can't buy talent. You can't buy that. You have to put the time in. You got to do the seat time. You got to earn it. That's what's beautiful about drifting. Because on the internet, anybody can go watch anybody rip. But when you go watch these people in person and you see these people drifting in real life, and you start looking about how they're approaching each each track and what line they're drifting, you can start realizing who's really a good drifter and who isn't. Yeah. And that opens your mind to a whole other aspect of what you actually care about. And I think that just takes time. Everybody goes through phases in drifting and you know, like you can't be upset. You know, it's like either stick around or, or not. Like I don't think drifting is going anywhere. We're just gonna have a lot of fun doing it. And I'll have a lot of fun instructing and teaching people all around the country. 
You know what I mean? South America a little bit. You know what I mean? It's 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 a lot of fun to just teach people how to shred, and I teach people how to do it very cheap. You know, that's why we push the E36s. Like, you know, for under five thousand dollars, I can have you drifting, no problem. Yeah. And then there's you know um, I mean? is there is there any specific reason you guys do the E36? Is that because it's um, just a personal preference, or is it just because of price-wise so, it hasn't really hit the drift tax yet? So I, what I think people need to realize is that Chelsea has been talking. Chelsea Denofa has been talking about these E36s ever since we were teenagers. All right. And I used to ignore them because I'm like, I don't care. Like, I think S13s are awesome and they look cool, so fuck off. But <laughs> he was always about these E36s, and I'm like, all right, man, all right, all right. So then when this, when the, when the thought of doing the school came to play, I just, I decided to stop being a hardhead and say, all right, bro, explain to me why these are so great. So Chelsea can explain to you every technical suspension advantage that these things have. At the end of the day, the reason I like them so much. It's because currently right now where the market is at, it's either a 350Z is the cheapest thing you can get or an E36 is the cheapest thing you can get. Like those two right now, currently in 2019, I think are the cheapest cars you can get. And with a couple of things you throw at it, boom, you're out there drifting. And you can essentially not have to touch that car as long as you do all the proper maintenance and you're out there going. We're going to cruise, but you can talk on the phone while we're just going to start driving. You know what I'm saying? And they're cheap. It's not going to be nothing crazy. Uh, everything else, I think, still costs a little bit too much more money currently at the moment. Yeah. It all depends. It all depends your personal situation. You know what I mean? But I think for the vast majority currently right now, like E36 is, is, is pretty much the way to go, man. And is there anything over like E46? Are they because I know there, there's a lot of parts that are similar. And the E46 46s are getting dirt cheap right now. Yeah, the E46s are getting dirt cheap. Um, I see a lot of people that get the E46s. Um, I believe they are. I, I could be wrong here. I think they're a little bit heavier. I know the suspension is different. The knuckles and stuff like that. This is, you know, to get coilovers. I think that these are like a well-done kit for the for the E46s. Yeah. But the E36s just seem. It just it's just ready it's just there you know what I'm saying it's just there ready to roll and it's because you know I luckily was there when we decided to put all these E36s together for the school of drift and you just got to see how simple how simple and easy it was as long as you know where to get all this stuff yeah you know what I mean and then pretty much you can look all that up on the internet it's readily available absolutely you know what I mean I'm now if if you want to be somebody who gets into drifting and you want to stand out and have style, bro, that's 100% okay. Like, but if you only care about the driving and that's that's what you decide to pick, like, you know, I, I want to focus on this. Then, okay, the E36 is a nice looking car, stock. You don't have to get a body kit or anything. You just put suspension on, do it, you know, do all this, do the e-brake, you do the F-cabs, you know, all of that. Just do everything all up, real basic and simple. And you're out there drifting. You yeah. may not be the most stylish dude out there, but it, you're driving. Now, if you want to have style, then you can yeah, get an E36 cool, and yeah. style it up. Now, if that's not your... Good. Right, hear me now? Yeah, now you hear you fine. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I just moved to a better section. How's that? Sorry yeah. about that. No, 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 no worries. Um, the last thing I heard you say, because you kind of cut off a little bit, 
Well, you were talking about the E36 and having, like, if you wanted to add style to it, um, that you could. Yo. If you're asking me my personal opinion, it's going to be the E36. Yeah. Yeah, You still got me there? Yeah, yeah I got I'm, I'm going to get an E36. Um, so, like, the ISs are getting pretty cheap I've seen out there. I even seen a lot of dudes get Genesis's, like, off of a co-part and just, like, put coilovers and basic things on there, like... To, to get started, I don't think if you really just look for like basic OEM applications like the E36, E46, 350Z, like they're all pretty cheap now if you kind of look. When I mean cheap, I'm talking about like three grand to five grand, you know what I mean? Depending where you are in the United States. Like just do the research. You can get into it for under five grand and you can go out there and just rip. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do all these crazy builds. You can if you want, but if it's going to make you broke and then you can't drift for two years, was it really worth it? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, right now I'm in the boat of trying to fix something every time I drive the car. Right, and I, I know you'd rather drive, right? You know for I mean? sure. And then not to mention and, I, I kind of overextended myself on a few things recently, so I'm getting caught up with life. But right. So, like, right now I got to... It's got a few upgrades that it needs. Not upgrades. just needs to be, like, small things that I need to address so I can get back out there and just get some more seat time and pay for more tires. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's a give and take somewhere. And listen, if you're you're a dude that's, like, listening and, like, you have a lot of money, you're like, well, dude, like, money's not the issue. So, like, what's up? What do I do? Again, go back to just, like, thinking about the basics keeping it simple if you want to build a gnarly car because you got the money to do it okay take your time and do the research and build it on the side since you got the money to do it but since you got the money like you're saying you got the money to get yourself a cheap little beater that you know makes like 200 horsepower 230 horsepower and and go practice you know what i I agree with that and i've really been thinking about because they make like a base model version of my car to go get right. one and they're i literally i'm seeing them all the time like hey the it's back on registration it runs though and they want like a thousand bucks for them and it's like beat up to shit but what do i care right and if you can get some you can you know you get this you know whatever car it may be in your case you know you get yourself a little backup car and you you know put the basic stuff to it so you can go practice you're still getting seat time yeah you know co- what, what? And, and some knuckles or something like that yeah, and rock out, dude. I mean, it's like people tell me, like, like oh, I'm going to build this car, and I just sit there. I'm like, well, how much time are you missing? How much seat time are you missing out on? Like, like Michael Jordan isn't Michael Jordan because he only played during the games. He practiced. Exactly. So, like, so go out there and start doing jump shots, boys. Like, you know, if, you, if you're somebody who has the money, if I had tons and tons and tons of money, I would build a ridiculously awesome competition car. Fuck it. I would do it. But I would probably also have like two or three cars that are like reliable as hell, most likely an E36 and, you know, a 240 because I, I still like 240s and I, they're very easy to maintain and they're not going to cost me a lot of money to go to drifting events. You know what I mean? And and it, I can still build my other ridiculous car and I can still have practice cars. Now, if you don't have a lot of money, then I advise you to take the cheaper options so then you can still get the seat time. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If 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 you if you want to focus on style a little bit more than seat time then just know you're going to have to compensate time and seat time for that style depending your financial situation i, I think that's just a realistic way of looking at it oh that's for great. real like i, I agree with that. Bros is and, uh, 
but I think I'm going to uh, kill it here. There's getting a lot of background noise. I know you're out and about right now. Um, but thank you for coming on. If you, how can people reach you, man? Um, I mean, the easiest way to reach me, I would just say Instagram, um, Reese Marin. Okay. You know, at Reese Marin. And, um, you know, if, you know, you guys want to come to like a clinic or something like that, then like, you know, definitely come out. Or if you're ever in the East Coast, come out to Club Loose. You know, we love to have out of towners come out and check out the scene and stuff like that. Yeah. If you do enough like research, you can definitely get like a car and stuff like that to practice with. Who do I talk to about having a clinic in our area? Um, I would reach out to the school to drift. Okay. I will. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be helpful for a lot of people out here. Uh, there's so many freaking drivers out here in SoCal that can always learn something new. But you, so. but you know what I like about you guys down there, dude, is you guys have a lot of style. You make drifting look really good. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. You know what you I know mean? You know what? I've never like, been to like another area of drifting to see how their local, their local style is or their local um, events are. So I have nothing to right. compare it to, unfortunately. Well, if you and, and then, you know, my advice to you is if you like drifting a lot and you want to go check that stuff out, go do it because the perspectives are just cool. Like if you're a fan of drifting, then you'll be a fan of going to other areas and just watching how cool and different everybody is. Yeah, like I'm trying to get at least do one out of state event this year, no matter what it is. So I'm going to try to do that. But that'll be towards the end of the year. Well, definitely. I definitely yeah. I mean, I wish you the best, man. I mean, I saw you out there ripping and. Hey, I got to see everybody, the, all the locals and all the beginners that were drifting in Slive. It was just really cool to just, you know, it wasn't a big event. It was yeah. a very small local event that I met you at, and it was just really cool to see how many people were so enthusiastic about drifting. You guys are super friendly, and, like, I think it's just it's a good thing that what you guys got going on, you know. And it's stoked that you guys are so into, like, sea time now. You know, it's really cool. Yeah, man. But, again, thank you for coming on, and um, I look forward to talking to you in the future, man. Definitely do. I'll talk to you then. All right. You have a good one, dude. You too, man. Bye. Later. And that was Reese Marin. And this is Drifting Prime. And I am Gerald Hernandez. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to try to have him out on again uh, relatively soon, hopefully. Uh, he was actually supposed to be this week's guest originally. But I kind of forgot to message him sooner. And then he's kind of like away from home right now on the West Coast. I believe he lives in Philadelphia. So, you know, him trying to settle down is probably not as easy as it seems. Uh, towards the end of the show, you can hear him like getting in a car and getting ready to go. So, uh, But thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you guys learned a lot. You know, if you don't have the quote-unquote ideal spotter, uh, but you have somebody that's willing to learn and, you know, willing to kind of like, use this as kind of like a template of what to do. I think that'll kind of help you and your team. 